Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we just love the Lord. and so thankful for him. I'm thankful for you all. While you're standing, uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to read uh, verses 12 through 16. Just here quickly. I was had something on my that I was just working on kind of in my mind yesterday. But this morning, this lesson will just fall kind of hand in hand with the lesson from last week. Uh, but I felt like uh, there was just one more uh, good lesson about the Word of God this morning. So... Um, Hebrews uh, 4 and 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Today we're going to, uh, our lesson title is this, God's Word and My Heart. God's Word and My Heart. Let's pray together for the lesson this morning. Lord, we love you and thank you for your word. Once again, God, we just ask you to give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say. Lord, let it find good ground in our heart, Lord, that we can be changed to be better and be more like you. God, we just want to be ready when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. One more hand clap and shout of praise for the word of God this morning. Hallelujah. Thankful for the word. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. I know last week we talked about hiding God's word in my heart. We're just going to cover some other things today. I want to read just a little narrative to go along with this lesson just to Kind of lay a foundation and paint a picture. So imagine this scenario. A king delivers to you a rare jewel for your safekeeping. It's for your safekeeping and for you to keep safe. The jewel is of great value and irreplaceable, and you are responsible for its security. And so that in and of itself would be sobering, but then imagine the king says, you are to carry this treasure on a lengthy and difficult trip through an unfamiliar and often dangerous land. You are to safeguard on this passage, knowing that the king will meet you at the end of your journey. He informs you that when he does, he will expect you to deliver the treasure safely back to him. If you do so successfully, he will reward you with untold riches and pleasures, and if you fail, the consequence will be the grimmest imaginable. Undoubtedly, your mind would swim with a thousand and one questions. How should I guard it? What road should I take? Are there any particular dangerous parts of the journey? Are there any common mistakes others have made in such a quest? Are there enemies of which to be aware? Knowing you have no experience traveling to this destination or protecting such a treasure, 
the task would seem overwhelming. As you are about to despair of ever successfully completing this mission, the king hands you a book in which he has recorded the answers to all your questions. It tells you where to walk, how to walk, and what to do, what not to do, and how to protect what the king has entrusted to you. So just how precious do you suppose that book would be? How carefully would you read it? How diligently would you heed its direction? I suspect that if you sincerely believed that life and death hung in the balance, you would gladly ensure that every aspect of your journey was governed by the dictates of the king's book. Well, this scenario is not far-fetched at all because we have been given a treasure that is to be protected carefully on this journey of life. The king of kings has clearly told us in his word to keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. And the psalmist said in Psalm 22 and 6 that your heart shall live forever. So when this journey is complete, we will give an account for the condition of our hearts. We have never, when you're a baby, when you're born, you've never done life. You've just been born. And we have no experience in safely transporting a pure heart from here to heaven. But thankfully, a thorough and invaluable book of instructions has been given to us. The Word of God will guide us in protecting our hearts through life. It will, if we will consistently and conscientiously apply its principles to every aspect of the journey, it will protect us. It will keep us. And so in doing this, we will ensure that we will please this King of Kings in the most serious of our assignments. Friend, there just is no substitute for the Word of God. If out of the heart are truly the issues of life, then we must guard our heart with the Word. Just as we talked about last week about hiding it, we need to know that the Word of God is not just something to hide, but it is something to use. It is uh, God gave it to us to get us through this life, to lead us and teach us and to help us with every situation that we can imagine. Uh, you know, in this world today, it's unfortunate, but the most people in this world, the viewpoint of the Scriptures is that the Bible is an archaic and out-of-date collection of just man-inspired writings. They think that the words and the principles are old-fashioned, and they just don't connect to this modern world that we have today. You can just see with the laws and the things they pass in this world today that they don't believe God's word. We have, you know, uh, people that are in power that are uh, able to influence laws and things like that, that they clearly just say, we don't believe in the Bible. We don't believe in God. And so, uh, you know, and, and even, you know, they, they point to the fact, well, the, you know, when you read, especially if you read King James, the old English makes it seem like it's an old book. Well, it's a, an eternal book. But even, you know, with the modern, there's so many translations now, and even with the most modern translation, it's not the translations that the world has a problem with. It's the principles that, the, that they have a problem with. It's the, the, the things that the Bible teaches that this world has a problem with. Because the world is dark and the word is light. 
and light and dark can't abide together. And so it's a shame that they think this message that the Bible has is out of step with this time. But again, this word is eternal. It's forever settled. And it works for every generation. It's, it's for anybody. God's word is from the beginning to the end. It's, it's everything in between. And, and it's a shame that this world thinks that this book has no place here. If they were to never print another Bible, if the Bible went out of print, it wouldn't change the truth of the Scripture. If there was never another Bible sold, if they gathered them all up and got rid of them and, and uh, they, no printed Bible existed, it would not change or erase the principles of God's Word. And that's why it is so important to read God's Word and to study God's Word and to meditate on God's Word and hide God's Word in your heart because uh, what if it came to that? There are countries where they don't get Bibles. They smuggle Bibles in. People have pages of Bibles, not a whole Bible, just so they can have any of God's Word. But what if it got like that? What if they started confiscating Bibles? What if they shut down and locked the doors of the churches where you couldn't sit and hear a preacher preach the Word of God? Do you have enough of it in you that you could say, that's fine, I don't have to, if I never read it again, I know it. It's in here, and I know what I've got, and I know how to live by it. That's why it's so important in this journey of life that we do that. Because the Bible is not a dead book. It's the living Word of God. And, and God used the word quick to describe it. Quick, that, that word quick doesn't mean like super fast. It means it's alive. That's what the word means. The, the word of God is alive. And those who have embraced uh, the Bible's teachings, we understand the description because we've seen its words apply to every part of our life and to the ever-changing situations of the world. It has predicted and shown and prophesied what would come to pass, and it has come to pass. When God spoke it, uh, it has happened. Even if we were to look at uh, the birth of Jesus, it was prophesied way before he was born, but it came to pass. Even Jesus, in the short time that he uh, walked this earth, he made statements that came to pass. Destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. He made sure that you can trust God's word. It will happen just as he said it would. And so it is a testimony uh, to the miraculous, a living the living nature of this book that after 20 plus centuries, the Bible still contains instruction on every significant facet of our life. And God's word is just as applicable in 2023 as it was when holy men of old penned its pages and only a living book can accomplish that the bible is a must for every believer uh, you know somebody made an acronym out of bible that said um it was uh, holy bible says here only lies your basic instruction before leaving earth and well that's that's good that's true because this is our instruction before we leave this world. Are we living by the word? And then not, we think that, well, oh, i got a, all this list to live by. But the word helps you live. You're not trying to just keep rules under your own power. 
That's why he said, uh, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost comes on you. God said, I will put my spirit within you. And then you will keep my statutes. You'll keep my commandments. You, when I put that new heart in you and put my spirit in you, you become my children. You're, you hear me and you're able to obey me because of the spirit. Nobody can just serve the, the Lord in their flesh. It, it, you can't do it. It's because the flesh is governed by the carnal mind and the carnal mind is enmity with God. It said it's not subject to God, and indeed it cannot be subject to God because it, it can't hear the, what is flesh is flesh, what is spirit is spirit. That's why we're born again. How? By the word of God. And whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. And so when we're born again, man, our ears are opened to the word of God. Our, our, we, we begin to hear what the spirit is saying to the church. And so we're thankful for this living, breathing, God-inspired Word of God. We're thankful for it. And so in our reading, it, it, uh, it described the Word of God as a sword. It's, that's mentioned in other places. Ephesians 6 and 17 says it's the sword of the Spirit. Um, in uh, Revelation 1 and 16, we see a sword coming out of the mouth of God, and, and it says it's the Word of God. So God's Word is a powerful weapon, and it's for spiritual warfare. That's without question. But the two-edged sword that we read uh, in this scripture, for the word of God is quick, it's alive, it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So what, what does that mean? Because when we think of a two-edged sword, we, we think of a sword that has two sharp cutting edges. And that would say, would just a description, that could hurt who you're swinging at, but it could also hurt you because the sharp edge is toward you and it's toward somebody else. So that definitely applies because uh, the Word of God always affects first the one who is quoting it or using it. And we have seen that people have used God's Word to hurt people. We've got to be careful of that. But there is a deeper meaning to this two-edged sword. And this is why it's so important to study God's Word and to do word studies. The word, uh, the Greek word for two-edged Distomos is two words, comes from two words, dis, D-I-S, which means two, and then stoma, which means mouth. So the Bible is a two-mouthed sword. It's not like saying somebody's talking out of both sides of their mouth. It's a two-mouthed sword. So God's word is most effective when it proceeds from his mouth and then from ours. Yeah. That's what Jesus showed us. He said, everything I say, anything I speak, I'm hearing it from my Father. It proceeded from his mouth and out of my mouth. And that's why uh, when we preach the gospel, it changes people's lives. That's why the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, because the gospel came from his mouth first, and then it comes from our mouth. It's a two-mouthed sword. And so when we quote, uh, oh, my goodness, when we quote that word, his word, in prayer, you see, it's already coming from him, but now it's coming out from us. And so now uh, it's coming out a second time. It's allowing that sword to be mouthed for the second time. And in that moment, his word becomes doubly effective, both on us and on our adversary. Come on, somebody. 
that sword, when we begin to pray the Word of God and speak the Word of God into our situations, that's why there's no weapon formed that's going to prosper. He said that word, when it's used mouth the second time, it's, it becomes effective on us and on the adversary. Any word that that adversary tries to form against you, nothing. Listen, the Bible says, Jesus said, the words I speak are spirit and they are life. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. That's why there is no greater weapon than prayer. But it's got to be the word that we're praying and praying according to the word. Listen, this is, uh, we, we've got to make it through this life. And we're not going to make it on just feeling good and goosebumps. Come on, somebody. We're not going to just make it through on slinging bobby pins and rolling in the floor. We've got to have the word of God. Man, we can run lap after lap after lap. And then wonder where everybody went when the trumpet sounds. But when the Word of God is in us, and when we begin to use the Word of God, when we begin to pray that Word, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I didn't come up with that. He came up with that. And now it's doubly powerful because it's settled. It's backed up by the author. I'm just speaking what the author and finisher of my faith has already put into existence. That's why we pray the Word of God and we stand on the Word of God. Because it's not just a, a sharp object that we have to be careful with. Sure we do. But we need to understand that it's, it didn't just mean it's a, a sword with two sharp edges. It's a double-mouthed sword. That means it comes from his mouth, goes into our heart, and proceeds out of our mouth. And so, according to Hebrews 4 and 12, what we read, God's Word is sharper than any other two-mouthed sword. Because the enemy's got two-mouthed swords also. If he said it's sharper than any other, that means there must be some others. That's why your enemy's an accuser of the brethren. And he's got uh, ministers under his power as well. And they speak what he says. But the Word of God is, it'll refute that. <laughs> It'll destroy that. Uh, the enemy will try to form words against you and accuse you and condemn you. But the word says there, therefore, is no condemnation to them that are in Christ. Oh, the, 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 the accuser will send that double-edged sword out that says, oh, you've sinned and you've blown it. But the, the word, my double-edged sword says, where sin does abound, his grace does that much more abound. Come on, somebody. The, the, the sword of God will tell me that, uh, that though a good man fall, uh, he's not utterly cast down. Uh, the, the, that double-edged sword of the Lord will tell me that, hey, don't rejoice against me, O oh, my enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. Uh, I've got getting up power uh, according to God's word. Uh, come on, somebody. You ought to be getting happy about right now. Uh, realizing that, hey, it's more than just a list that I read every year. But it's something that I live by. It's a living, breathing word. I'm born again by the word. Uh, my God uh, is the word. The God I serve in the beginning was the word. Uh, and the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word was made flesh. And it dwelt among us. And it went to Calvary and it died for my sins and then he went away and came back and lived inside of me honey you ought to know this there's, there's some spiritual warfare that's happening in this lifetime but God's given us a sharp 
two-edged sword. It's quick. It's alive. It's double mouth. It comes straight from him, and nothing can resist the word of God. There ain't a problem presented that's greater than God's word. Come on, somebody. There ain't nothing happening that's greater than the Word of God. We've been looking in all the wrong places for the answers. Come on. I believe in getting it, getting to the house of God and getting in the presence of God. But the Lord's telling us, man, you're coming to church and you're leaving your sword at home. You're going to work and you're leaving your sword at home. You're going to school and you're leaving your sword at home. You're getting married, come on, and leaving your sword at home. Because the sword, that double-mouthed word of God, it works in every part of your life. And you can try to fix your life with programs all day long, but they will never replace God's word. And you can get advice from everybody on the internet, but it'll never replace God's word. Come on, you can search every meme site, oh, you can all that stuff, but it will never replace the word of God. The word of God is sharp and powerful and alive. Woo! Nah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm telling you, folks, that God, he, He's showing us some stuff today. That, that it's not just, yeah, it's sharp, and it, it can be dangerous. But He's telling you, look, it's, it, that word's backed by me. I'm the eternal, original author. It can't be changed. It's forever settled. So when you quote my word, you're quoting everlasting power, everlasting authority. Uh, come on, he's, he's authority over all sickness. He is the healer of all our diseases. Come on, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we confess our faults, he's faithful to forgive us, and ye shall receive the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children. Don't ever say the Holy Ghost ain't for me. It's only for those who won't believe. Because Jesus said, they that believe on me should receive it. Oh, every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, and every line. I used to hear my pastor sing that song all the time. And, and man, he was, a, he was a, a student of the Word. And he was a, a great teacher of the Word. And he instilled in his people then, we've got to live by the word. Hallelujah. We've got to live by the word. And so uh, that's why we talk about some of you ladies have had that book, Pray the Word. That's why we pray the word. Pray the word. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of good things to say. I, I have trouble praying. I don't know what to pray. Open this book and pray the word. Because you'll read this and you'll find passages that really... Just jump on your life, and you're like, mm, pray that. When that hits you, pray that. I remember reading through the Psalms during one of my, our yearly readings, and I, I came across there was just one chapter that, I know I've read it dozens of times, but this that year, all of a sudden, it just stuck out to me. And so I would, every morning, I would read that and, and pray that word because I thought, man, that's great. I said, I need that. That's something I need. I know that's what I need for my life. That's what's going to help me. And I'm still here today, not by my own strength, not by anything I've done, but because of the Word of God. It has kept me. God's Word and my heart cannot be separate. I've got to have the Word in my heart. So that Word is sharper than any other. 
two-edged sword that any man might try to employ. It's, any other word is it's, it's greater than cancer. It's greater than it's greater than addiction. It's greater than failure. Yeah, it's greater than mistake. Yeah, it's greater than all that. There's nothing that has a keener edge to slice through the defenses employed than the words that come from the lips of God that are embraced, believed, and utilized by his children. That's why uh, Psalm 78 and 1, the Lord said this to his people, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. You're my people, and you need to listen to what I say. Listen to the words of my mouth. And when you read what he said to his people when he brought them out, he gave them words to live by. Words that he said, if you do these things, you'll be blessed going in and blessed going out. There'll be no enemy be able to stand before you, and, and you, you know, your children will be blessed. Your home will be blessed. Uh, you, you'll, you'll be above only and not beneath. You'll be the head and not the tail. He just told them over and over again, all these blessings will overtake you. But then he said, this is the flip side of that coin. When you don't keep these words, you just invite trouble and destruction and trouble. But the good thing about it is that doesn't mean it's, that's the end of it. Because he said, if you turn and do that which is right, you shall live. See, see how powerful that word is, even against mistakes and messes and failures? There's an answer for when you fall. There's an answer for when you blow it. There's an answer for, for when you get sideways. It'll straighten you out. God can do it. We read in Exodus, when God was talking to Moses, Exodus 4 and 12, he told him, he said, go and I'll be thy mouth. I'm going to go with you. I will be with thy mouth and I will teach you what you shall say. In other words, I'm going to be with your mouth. I'm going to put the words, you're going to speak what I say. I'm going to give you the words that I say. Uh, referring to his commandments, Deuteronomy 30 and 14. But the word is very nigh unto thee. It's in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. The word of God's not far off. Come on, somebody. It's not far off. He said it's not uh, uh, something that you can't grasp, something that you can't do. You've got to just live by this word of God. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 4 and 4 that it, we must live uh, by not by bread alone, but by every word. That proceedeth out of the mouth of God. A double mouthed sword. And what was happening there? The enemy was tempting him. And he said, turn these bread, this bread right here, turn it to stone. And that's the answer he got. I could do that. But I have this double mouthed sword that I'm fixing to get rid of you with. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. When he said, worship me, I'll give you all this stuff. And he said, it is written. <laughs> and again, he took that double-mouthed sword and said, we shall only worship the Lord our God, and him only shall we serve. And, and so every time he refuted the advances of the enemy with the word. That's why we've got to have the word of God uh, in our heart, because out of our heart, 
Listen, we've got enemies in this world. We've got adversaries. The Bible tells it our adversary as a roaring lion goeth about. We know that. We've got an accuser of the brethren. We know we have enemies. We, we have our flesh, our carnal mind, all these things that we have to fight. And so Jesus told his disciples this, Matthew 10. He said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils. They will scourge you in their synagogues. And you'll be brought before governors, kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. For it is not you that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. He said, when you are brought before the enemies, when you are brought before problems, situations, circumstances, just start speaking the word that God gives you. And God has given us a whole book full of words that, that we know and we remember. things. Do you ever get in a situation and a scripture comes to mind? Do you know what that is? That's the sword coming out. Shh. Every time you get, whenever somebody uh, says, well, I went to the doctor and they said this, does immediately Scripture come to your mind that they shall lay hands on the sick or the prayer of faith shall save the sick or by his stripes we are healed? Does that not come to your mind? It does. You know why? It's the Word of God. And, we, and that's why we don't go, oh. We just say, time to stand up and fight. Time to pull this double mouth sword out and, and, and quote. This, hey, I, this is just not me telling you something to make you feel good. This is what God said about your situation. Yeah. This is what God said in his word. Oh, you just keep quoting the Bible. You believe I'm, gonna quit, quit, I'm just going to keep on quoting the Bible? Uh, they used to call people like that Bible thumpers. Because uh, they're always quoting scripture and living by the Bible. Call me what you want. But you can call me an overcomer. You can call me more than a conqueror. Come on, somebody. You can call me a child of God. Yep. You can call me light of the world and salt of the earth. Whatever you want. Because it's all in here. What God wants us to be. What God's intended for us to be. And so whenever these, these enemies come our way, and, and, and we, I, don't, I don't have an answer. That's not true. We have an answer. Uh, for every part, for every relationship, for anything that goes on. This word will help you live your life as a husband, as a wife, as a child. It teaches children how to behave. It teaches us how to correct children. Yeah, oh, that's one thing the world's out of step with. If we correct children today, it'll lock you up. Can't even correct your own child anymore. That's nonsense. You know, I ain't talking about beating kids and abusing kids, but... He said, you ain't going to kill him if you bring that rod. You know, sometimes, you know, a lot of kids, they just need a good stripe on their leg one time. If somebody hears that, they're going to be like, ooh, that pastor believes in beating kids. No, I don't, but I can tell you now, my, my granny would bring a switch to your leg. You get out there and mess up her dirt yard she just swept, and you pay for it. She'd tell you, don't do that no more. And this will remind you. you. Yeah, stay away from that stuff. She wouldn't mean that woman loved us with everything she had. 
but even the Lord, whom the Lord loves, he chastens, he corrects. And, and so uh, there's nothing wrong with correcting people. We're correcting our children. Don't be afraid of that. But, but see, your kids go to school, and at school they say, if your mom and daddy takes away your phone, or if they put you in timeout, or if they ground you, you need to call somebody and tell on them. Get you in trouble right quick. Because all they, it don't matter if, it, if, if, if it's even true at all. But see, they, they plant those kind of thoughts in their mind. You know, you ain't got to believe what your Bible-thumping daddy says. Yeah, well, let me tell you, the world needs more Bible-thumping mamas and daddies. And, and yeah, they need it because this word is vital for us. That word is sharp, powerful, quick. It's a discerner. It gets, it gets on the inside because you know, that, that's what, what's so wonderful and unique about God's Word is it, it, it can conduct its work on our heart. And out of the heart, Jesus said, that's where all the things, he said, ain't the things that go in a man that defile him, it's the things that come out. But out of the heart, it's murders and adulteries and all kinds of things. And he said, that's, that's where all the filth comes from. He said, so the Word of God can go in and sweep get into the secret places. Anybody can look at you and conduct a, a surface review of your life, see what you're doing and try to, but they can analyze you to death on your deeds and actions, but it's only the word, the power of the spirit that discerns the motives behind our methods, the things that we're doing. And so the Bible and particularly the preaching of its principles expose humanity and carnality and it compels us to confront what is often not visible to our brothers and sisters we sit with every day it examines our attitudes not just our actions it discerns what is concealed from others and so it serves us well in this quest to protect the condition of our heart if I need to keep my heart how do I keep it it's not just hiding it in there and never using it you got to, you know, when, when a sword is in its sheath, you can't see the blade. And it's re- actually ineffective in the sheath. Really. I mean, you could hit somebody with it. It would probably bruise them and hurt them. You could probably, if they laid down and let you, you could beat them to death with it. But you ain't cutting nothing or dividing nothing with the sharp edge concealed. If when we just hide away and become hideaway Christians... I'm just going to get right here in my little Christian cocoon, cocoon, and one day I'll just blossom like a butterfly in heaven. Well, that's nonsense. <laughs> that's stupid. Because that ain't happening. It ain't going to wrap up. And When we get in Christ, we become new creatures. And friend, that word of God is in us. God said, I'll put my spirit in you, and, I, and you'll keep my word, and you'll keep my commandments, and you'll do the things that I want you to do. You'll be able to walk the way I want you to walk. And that's why this little, you can't just snack on the word. You don't live off snacks. You're not very healthy if you do. Because snacks, most of the time, are unhealthy. Snacks, you know what snacks are? Nobody snacks on things they don't like. So, you know what snacks are? That's people that cherry-pick Scripture. They got about a dozen Scriptures they can quote, and, and that's what they snack off of all the time. But Jesus said, every word. Yeah, you're about to get the, the asparagus 
You about to get the Brussels sprouts. You, you about to get all that green. It ain't just the, the honey and the sugar and and it ain't just uh, all that stuff. That's in there too, but uh, but some of it is the stuff that's necessary. Yeah, it's beets and rutabagas and and yeah, don't see nobody amen in rutabagas, but but I'm amen in the rutabagas because I love them. Give me those things, man. Give me that stuff. That give me that that, that stuff, Lord. Give me what's in there. I want all of it. I don't want to just. I don't want to run out to battle. With a little old dull plastic pretend sword. I don't want to be like them guys in the book of Acts that said, uh, yeah, we don't really care about God's word, but we have seen some people doing stuff in the name of Jesus. So let's go, let's go see if we can cast out devils. And so by Jesus that Paul preaches. Well, I know Paul and I know Jesus, but you ain't got nothing. There ain't nothing coming out of your mouth that's doing any good at all. But you know why Peter could say in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk and it work? Because it was a double-mouthed sword. He already had the power that was coming from above. These guys didn't know nothing and got whooped for it and got embarrassed for it and were overpowered by their enemy because they didn't have that double-mouthed sword. They didn't have that backing them up. So we, we, we need... That word, it, it'll protect us. Nothing, I said this other I said, God sees everything. That's all right. Nothing's hidden from God. That's another thing he said right there. Is, there is, neither is there any creature that is not manifested or made known in his sight. All things are naked, exposed, and opened to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He sees every bit of that. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. Beholding the evil and the good. That ought to encourage us. Because if he sees us wrong, the Spirit's going to really pull the rein. Really try to work on you and, and get you, hey, listen, that's not right. You'll have something echoing inside of you saying that's not what you want to do. Don't do that. Don't pick that up. Go put that down. Don't watch that. Don't listen to that. Don't go there. It'll, it'll work on you. But it also sees all the good things that we do. And I want God to see the good things I do. I want him to be proud of me as his child. I want him to be able to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so uh, as the word of God exerts its effect on us and we are shaped into his image, the Father sees that. He sees that we're being molded and shaped into his image. It also says, the scripture tells us that the word of God is perfect. Trying to see how much time I got. Five minutes. This will be just right. When you go to, you know, last week we read out of Psalm 119 and 11. I've hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So here in Psalm 19 and 11, uh, it's, uh, let's see, am I in the right place? Yeah, no, Psalm 19, I'm going to start in verse 7. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, 
yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. And moreover, by them is thy servant warned. Wouldn't you like to have a warning if you was about to drive off a cliff? If you was about to walk into a room where there was a bomb about to explode, wouldn't you like somebody to say, hey, don't go in there? <laughs> or would you like to just walk past somebody and they would, how you doing? And just let you go on in. Boom. <laughs> what? Why did you say something? Uh, and that's why he said the word of God will warn us. And in keeping of them is a great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults, things I don't even realize I've done. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sin. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. The Lord, the law of the Lord is perfect. Listen, in those, just in three, from seven, eight, nine, this is what it says about God's word. Perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, enduring, true, and righteous. Why would you not want those things in your life? I want those. And not only that, uh, the word of God restores us. That's what it says when it says that the, the, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. This rest, it restores the soul. It, it gives us something uh, it brings us back. We're born again uh, by the Word of God. And if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Christ is the Word of God. The Word made flesh. It dwelt among us. And so the Word has that unique power. There's nothing else that can restore you back to Him but His Word. Because it is, is in His Word where we find repentance, confession. It's got to be to him. That's why you don't go to the priest to confess your faults. Because he can't absolve you of nothing. He's a man. But God's word, when I turn to him with words, the scripture says, turn again to him with words. And, and, and when I repent to him, and, and repentance is not just asking forgiveness. There's, there's confession and asking forgiveness, and then there's repentance. Because you can confess and say, God, forgive me, but keep walking the same stupid road. Or you can confess and say, God, forgive me, and turn around. <laughs> That's repentance. Repentance is when you turn back to him. And so I'm thankful that's in the word. God granted. We were talking about this the other night. I was with, with somebody. I was telling us, you know, the good thing about repentance is that Repentance was to God's people first. Before God was ever interested in, in having a time of the Gentiles in the Old Testament, he said, I know my people are going to miss it. I know they're going to make mistakes. So he said it in the book of Ezekiel. He said, turn back to me. Return to me. Turn away from iniquity. Turn back to me and live. And those words in there meant re repent. Repentance. He was telling his people, said, if you mess up, then repent. Turn back to me and you'll live. And then when the Gentiles were being brought into the church, God granted repentance. He gave repentance to his people, but he granted it to us. It already belonged to God's people. Now he grafted us in. He granted and grafted us into the vine with that repentance to turn to him. 
and get back into that true vine or get into that true vine. And so I'm thankful for God's word. I know we're running out of time here, Don, if you'll come on to the music and we'll we'll get ready to close down. So there was a lot more to this lesson, but it was uh and maybe I, I don't know, maybe I'll finish it next Sunday. Uh well no, next Sunday morning we got kids revival eleven o'clock next Sunday morning, but maybe Wednesday night I'll just finish the rest of this lesson on God's word and our heart because we need it. It's not just, I'm not just trying to encourage you to read the Bible through in a year. I'm trying to get you to take up this sword, this double-mouthed sword of God. Stand with me this morning. Because it's more than just, it's more than just nice pages, red and black ink, and a good leather cover. There's some beautiful Bibles. You know, if you walk in my office now, there's like, eight Bibles on my desk just in front of where I sit I've got all kinds of study Bibles and different translations and different things and stuff like that and to me every one of them is beautiful because they're all God's word and, and I love them for what they are and I, and I buy I, if I go in a store and see one that's got a real nice cover on it I'm like oh that's pretty how much is that and I end up going out the door with it I've got Bibles that I have never even cracked open and read that I bought them. They were. I, I just liked them. I said I like this. Flip through it. I liked the, the type. I liked all the stuff in it. I liked the margin. I've got jur- journaling Bibles. I've got, like I say, just all kind of Bibles. I've got Bibles I've preached out of, and the pages are falling out, and so I got them put up so they won't deteriorate anymore. But I love this word, but not for decoration and not for. Uh, you know, just a show, but not because they're pretty. One of my favorite Bibles is a little handheld Bible I have that's held together with duct tape, camouflage duct tape at that. I take it with me every time I go in the woods. But I have read through that Bible more than any of my other Bibles, I think, because I, I, I take it with me, and for the hours that I sit, I, I'll read this through the Scriptures. And, and you say, well, you're supposed to be hunting. Yeah, I am. I can still hear. Uh, if, I, if I'm reading and I hear a, a, a twig crack, I'm like, okay. You know, I can do that. But I take that word with me. I want to I have it. Because you never know where you might be, where God might say, and the light comes on, and you see what you need. And so... Pick up your double-mouthed sword because it's powerful and sharp and it's alive and it will defeat any other word that comes towards you. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and pray together this morning. Precious Jesus, we love you this morning and honor you today. So thankful for your word. Thankful, God, that you give us answers to every part of our life. Oh, God, for all the good things, for all the bad things. Lord, for the times we get it right and the times we get it wrong, this word covers every bit of it. Thank you, Lord, because we do want to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. We do want to make it to heaven one day, oh, God, and we know we'll only make it through this word. So, God, not only let us hide it in our heart, Lord, but let it flow out of our heart 
into every part of our life. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you're thankful for his word today. Hallelujah. Thankful for the word of God. Praise the Lord. Let's find a place to pray before the next service. God bless you in Jesus' name.